NFL Hall of Fame voters should be ashamed of themselves because Antonio Gates has been snubbed on the first ballot of his Hall of Fame bid, and that is an absolute travesty. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you to the everydayers for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, Daniel, we got to talk about the catastrophic mistake that the Hall of Fame committee made by snubbing Antonio Gates on his first ballot of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. Then Justin Herbert, he gets to reunite with his former quarterbacks coach Shane Day. And now we got to talk about which player could potentially be a pro bowler with the new staff uh, that the Chargers are bringing in. Yeah, that is definitely a great question. But today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. David, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. When, when Antonio Gates had the chance to go into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer, it never even crossed my mind that it could not happen. So seeing today go down as we're recording this on Thursday night, and knowing that Antonio Gates did not get in on the first ballot of his Hall of Fame bid absolutely disgusts me. There's not an argument that can be made that is going to have me thinking otherwise. It is crazy that he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's unfathomable, Daniel. I don't understand what could go through their minds when they look at Antonio Gates and what he's done for the game of football, for the position of playing tight end in the NFL. He completely changed the way the position was looked at, the way the athletes are recruited, the positions and the movements that they make are completely now modeled after the game of Antonio Gates. It's truly unbelievable. Among tight ends, third all time. Among catches, third all time. Games played, fourth all time. Touchdowns, first First, All time. number one. That's number crazy. one. How? And seventh in NFL history, regardless of position. It does not make sense. This is an eight-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, and a member of the Hall of Fame team of the 2000s. Make that make sense. How does that? How does this happen? This is a complete travesty. It is disgusting. I cannot believe that we are actually sitting here talking about this because it was never a thought in my mind that this would happen to someone that's so richly deserving. It is an embarrassment to the NFL, and it's an embarrassment to the game of football. Yeah, and in the spirit of Fan Mail Friday, Nathaniel Erdman had asked us, how in the hell does Gates not make the Hall of Fame is my question. I don't know. I don't know how this happens. Like, so th let's go through the list. Okay. That's fair. The, this is the class that got inducted. Dwight Freeney, former charger, crazy Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Patrick Willis, all deserving candidates to get in on their own. Right. I'm not going to take that away. The senior ballot, Steve McMichael. Great story. Randy Gratishar. Cool. That's fine. Senior ballot doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. 
There's an argument for Antonio Gates to be in over all of these players. Antonio oh, yeah. Gates was better at tight end than Andre Johnson was at receiver. If you're By ranking far. the all-time best wide receivers, you're going to have to go a hell of a lot farther to get to Andre Johnson than when you're looking at the best tight ends of all time before you get to Antonio Gates. It's insane. How many times have you seen someone lead their position in touchdowns still? More than five years after he's retired, he still has and it. And no one's guys even like, close. With Rob Gronkowski, right? All those guys, Travis Kelsey, right? You, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, all these great tight ends of yesteryear, right? And the ones that are still around, none of them have more touchdowns than Antonio Gates does. Like, it, it shouldn't even have to get further than that, right? He's all-time one of the greats on his position, eight-time pro bowler. He dominated for over a decade. And over a decade went by where nobody questioned, nobody questioned if he was one of the greatest tight ends in the league at that time, like a top five tight end for 13, 14 seasons was still getting it done even in the later years of his career, right? Like it's just, it's crazy to me. And the one thing I've seen people bring up is the PED suspension. The only blemish like that we talked about, Julius Peppers had a PED suspension and he is in on the first ballot. You can only be a first ballot hall of famer one time. This is crazy to me that they took this away from him. Honestly, it makes me that upset. It's catastrophically and categorically wrong. It should just absolutely have never happened. I don't know how you can look at yourself in the mirror and say that Antonio Gates is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. When you change the way the position is played in the NFL, then that is a Hall of Famer. When you are top five in pretty much every statistical category at your position, you are a Hall of Famer immediately there are not five better tight ends in the nfl history than antonio gates i'm sorry it, there's not this guy was a revolutionary type of player a transcendent type of player you that's what a hall of famer is the yeah. greatest players of the game antonio gates is unequivocally one of the great players in the game of football yeah, and I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. No one's made an argument yet that makes sense to me. I mean, and you're you can't. You can't. It, 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 it's just not ever going to make sense to me. The dude was one of the greatest at his position, is one of the greatest of his position all time. What's the point of being an offensive player, scoring touchdowns? The dude has seventh most touchdowns of any player at any position all time. What are we talking about? It makes no sense, and it's just crazy that they took that away from this dude, such a deserving person, such a good dude on and off the field, because there's plenty of guys in that NFL Hall of Fame, like O.J. Simpson, right, that have plenty of off-the-field things that should have caused them from not being in the NFL Hall of Fame. Plenty of them. Antonio Gates is not one of those people. It's crazy to me. It's not going to make sense to me. He'll get in, and he's absolutely deserving of it, but it's going to be at least a year too late because that is an absolute travesty, and I'm not going to get over it anytime soon because that is crazy i thought it was a foregone conclusion it's nuts to me it's that we're having this conversation right now it shakes me that we're having this conversation but it is fan mail friday we do have other more positive things to get to this is from nicholas percelli who asked donald parham is one of my is my favorite player on the team besides justin herbert and keenan allen in my opinion he has been wildly underutilized because he's always seems to make big plays when given the opportunity with that being said what do you see his role being on the team this upcoming season david yeah, I mean, hey, Donald Parham Jr. is uh, still one hot. Of the, one of those <laughs> in, insane, insane type of stat line type of players. When you look at it, the production is ridiculous when it comes to touchdowns. Pretty much every 6.7 receptions, that turns into a touchdown for Donald Parham Jr. 
67 receptions, 11 touchdowns. Like th- th- this dude is deceptively quick. He's incredibly large. He is a huge matchup nightmare. But you know what also has been his problem? Availability. He has not played a full 16 plus game season at any point in his NFL career. So availability is one of the best abilities. You got to get on the field. You have to stay on the field consistently to be able to, you know, make that type of impact. And I think as far as what is his role going to be, I don't see how the role is going to be much different. He is a pass catching type of tight end. He's a big target. I think he's going to still be used in that in that type of a particular way. But with Jim Harbaugh coming in, you know, they're going to want to run the football. And as a tight end, part of your job is to block. And so he's going to have to use that big frame more effectively in the blocking game if he wants to get on the field and get more opportunities. The problem is, is this frame is super slender, and that's yeah. not going to change. It's harder for dudes that are that size, unless you're Mercedes Lewis, who's a freak, right, to be able to get the leverage that you need to be a super effective run blocker. And Greg Roman asks his tight ends to block a ton. Yeah. So it's just, I, I, I don't know what the role is. I mean, at a certain point, the potential is just potential unless it's realized. And if you don't have more than 20 catches in a season, four seasons into your NFL career, it's just really hard for me to think, okay, this is it, this is it, this is it after so long. So I don't know how this fit. I don't necessarily think this fit helps him. Probably a more spread open offense would have helped Donald Barham more. I think he still could absolutely have a role. They don't have anyone else on the roster. So that goes in his favor. We did see him improving as a run blocker, but last year felt like a little bit of a regression when he was on the field. So just hard to say what his role is going to be, but it's hard for me to imagine a breakout in this new offense coming for Donald Barham Jr. But we do have good news to talk about because Shane Day is back in town. We're both happy about it. Justin Herbert's happy about it, and finally he gets a little bit of continuity on offense. So we're going to talk about that and some other new additions coming up right after this. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, a no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info, claim as Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date. First 3% match must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. I also need to tell you guys that you know this show, get you get into a lot of in-depth analysis and hot takes, but let me give you my hottest take of the day. The best lineup in LA right now is the lineup of auto loans at Logic. They start off at the top with my favorites, the proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big time bucks. Next up, they've got the exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. Rounding out their lineup, they've got the auto refinancing loans and the lease buyout loans. With these guys, you could lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. Look, I know it's a hot take, but seriously, no one can beat the lineup at Logix. Visit your local Logix branch right now here in LA and the surrounding area, and let one of their amazing team members help you, or just apply online in minutes at logixbanking.com forward slash car. That's L-O-G-I-X banking.com forward slash car. Logix is a proud sponsor of For the Troops. For more information, the upcoming For the Troops gala, visit www.forthetroops.org 
forward slash event for more information. David, let's get into some better news here after we boiled over on the Antonio Gates subject. And we got some good news because it has been reported by Mike, Mike Garofolo from NFL Network that the Chargers are bringing back Shane Day. Mark me as someone that did not see that coming, right? This is what he said. The Chargers are bringing back Shane Day as QB's coach. On Jim Harbaugh's coaching staff, sources say Day was with the Texans this season, serving as a passing game, after serving as a passing game coordinator and QB coach for Justin Herbert in 2021-2022. Herbert's a big fan. And to me, David, that's why I think where you start with this, because I don't think this deal gets done without the blessing or maybe even the asking from Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'm about to say, obviously, I don't know anything personally, but I mean, how could you not just go to the first place in your mind saying, this is a Justin Herbert move. Justin Herbert went up to the Chargers and said, hey, now that we have a QB coach uh, opening, I want to bring back Shane Day. And when your $260 plus million quarterback asks for something, you go out there and you do what you can to give him what he wants. And if this brings back a level of familiarity, a level of comfortability, then you do it. And I think it is a great thing to be able to bring back some continuity with somebody that you know had... Uh, worked with Justin and had some good results with Justin. So I think bringing him back into the fold is smart business. Keeping your superstars happy is always a good way to do things. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is, obviously, we don't know if Justin Herbert went out and demanded this. It would be very out of Justin Herbert's character to make any of these demands, right? He's much more of a come-to-me-if-you-have-a-question type of thing. Sure. But if they came to him and asked him if he had a choice at it, you would think that Shane Day would be amongst the guys that he would bring in. I mean, you would think Pat Hamilton, who actually worked with Justin Herbert as his quarterback coach, as a rookie, yeah. would have been in consideration considering his ties to Harbaugh at multiple stops. So that yep. part's a little bit surprising. But, yeah, I mean, in 2021, first season as Justin Herbert's quarterback coach, he had 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns passing, and that's 7.5 yards per attempt, which were all career high. So I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is someone who is well-versed in many different offenses and has been around different offenses that can help kind of bridge the gap here with what this new offense coming in is for Justin Herbert and obviously someone who I'm guessing Justin Herbert feels like helps him. So one of the things that always stands out to me, I saw Tyler Scoom bring this up from a Daniel Popper article that Shane Day just has a, a folder on his laptop where basically he said if he has a bad day, he opens up the uh, folder that's Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the world. <laughs> and it's basically 67 Justin Herbert throws that just make him feel better when he's I know down. that'd so, make me feel better. Yeah, you know, also worked with <laughs> C.J. Stroud last year in Houston, yeah. right? I mean, he had a pretty darn good year, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. And just that continuity again, because yeah. he's had nothing. He's got anything but that basically yeah, just so far. In all changed. So, yeah. Let's get to this here from Jeremy Fowler, just as far as coaching news. Chargers are hiring Sanjay Law as their wide receivers coach per source. Law was last with the Seattle as a pass game coordinator, long track record with NFL receivers. And David, this is a move I didn't see coming, but I'm guessing, you know, the main tie here is he was Greg Roman's uh, wide receiver coach in 2015, 2016 with the Buffalo Bills. Now he comes to L.A. Yeah, more more coaches with familiarity with the offensive coordinator. I mean, it, it, this is just how it goes in the NFL. What they Whenever, ask those receivers to do, too, especially blocking, I would think, is a big part of it as well. No, Yeah, no question about it. But, I mean, just bringing in people that you know, that you're familiar with, that you know that knows your system that knows how you are how you like to to coach and and how you like to you know get things out of your players and also this guy's very very accomplished and you yeah. know he's been a wide receivers coach for the Raiders the Jets the Bills the Colts the Cowboys the Seahawks and the Jaguars and also has held multiple different titles whether it's assistant wide receivers coach wide receivers coach senior offensive assistant 
offensive passing game coordinator, then yeah. that makes basically three passing game coordinators that are now on the Chargers offensive staff. So a lot of different qualifications and a lot of guys that bring a lot of great things to the table. And, you know, consider Sanjay Lau another one of those additions. Yeah, has worked with some really good receivers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton. Got a 1,000-yard season out of Michael Gallup. Got a 1,000-yard season out of Sammy Watkins. Had 975-yard season from Darius Hayward Bay when he was with the Raiders. Impressive. So doing more with less is definitely on something on his resume. And now we'll have a pretty talented wide receiver room that he's taking over here. So uh, excited about it. One of the things I read in the Seattle Times was, hey, he wants to be great. And he molds me to that standard from DK Metcalf. And that's why I have so much respect for him. Also said he's not someone that is afraid of having the tough conversations. So I like that a lot, too. But he's not and, a yeller. You know, but not to a yeller. Article, He'll pull yeah. you aside. He'll give you that one-on-one -on -one conversation that some people are afraid of. So I like it on the surface. Yeah. I like it. Chris Beatty was a good wide receiver coach. Now yeah. he's with the Bears. You had to replace him. Now you get someone who's familiar with what this offense is going to ask of their receiver. So lastly, another exciting move. The Chargers officially named Chad Alexander as their assistant GM from the New York Jets. Someone, David, who has a ton of experience with Joe Hortiz. And according to at least Connor Hughes, says Alexander will be a GM in short order. He's a rising star in the front office world. I think that's something to get excited about. Absolutely, it is. I mean, this is a guy that kind of grew up in the NFL with Joe Hortiz. Yeah. He was with the Ravens for 20 seasons. <laughs> Crazy. My goodness, man. When do you hear that from the Chargers, having guys stay with the Chargers for that long? I mean, besides probably a, an Ed McGuire or, or something sure. like that. You don't see that type of continuity, but you know, the Ravens are one of those organizations where you really see that from. It's really special. He's been in the NFL for 25 years, so tons of experience there. And, yeah, he was just with the Jets as a director of player personnel. So a guy who's, all by all accounts, a superstar executive, uh, a guy who is coming over to work with his good buddy, Joe Hortiz. There's a lot of familiarity there. You know he was going to bring in his people. You're starting to see that happen more and more, uh, and this is the latest move here with Chad Alexander. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I mean, especially if you look at how loaded that Jets team is defensively and the defense yeah. he's been able to put together there really for the good. last five years. <laughs> because Joe Douglas was also in the Raven system for a very long time, made the leap to New York, took Chad, Chad Alexander with him, and now he's coming for a bump in title to the Chargers. And not, I'm sure not why they bring him over. I'm guessing they bring him over for Joe Hortiz. But also, now you have a rising star minority candidate you're giving a chance to. Now, where if he leaves and takes another job as another team's GM, if things go well for Joe Hortiz, now you're getting draft compensation back. So, I mean, it's it's A's Joe all Joe Hortiz was absolutely clear about his love for comp picks, and he's trying yeah. to get that stuff rolling right away. Yeah, and just, I mean, this is a dude who helped, was the director of player personnel when the, dra the Jets drafted yeah, the offensive. qualified. The yeah. offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same season. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner in the same year. Both dudes ended up winning rookie of the year on it's their impressive. respective sides of the ball. So, I mean, we have you know, talked about it when the Chargers played the Jets. Like, that defense is disgusting. Yeah, that secondary in yeah. the NFL, elite front seven, Real. great edge rushers, multiple pro bowlers the last few years. Like, that is a loaded, loaded Just defense. Just a dumpster fire offense. You're yeah. getting a guy who is part of putting that together. So, getting – I mean, you said, hey, how many – I mean, the Chargers have actually gotten in the trouble in the past for keeping guys too long, right? How yeah. many times has someone been with an organization for 20 years and wanted to leave them to go to the Chargers, right? I think that's yeah, the better that's question Yeah, that's a good point, there. too. Yeah. Somebody, you know, especially this dude who is rising up through the ranks fast with the Jets. 
he gets to be an assistant GM, and it seems like he's absolutely deserving of it. Very, absolutely. very exciting hire. Charge is doing so many things right. It's very, very interesting. But it's so we have more. <laughs> we have more to get into, including who is going to be the future Pro Bowler that this new coaching staff is going to make into that. We're going to get into that and a tier calling in with a crazy trade up situation coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Now you have Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store all built into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system and the 2024 rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 nissan pathfinder it has room for up to eight an expansive cargo capacity and an advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing when adventure calls the pathfinder is there to answer take the nissan rogue the nissan pathfinder or the nissan armada and go find your next big adventure shop nissanusa.com I also need to tell you guys about Price Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. And what I love about Price Picks and why you guys should be getting into it with one more game left in the season. Last chance to get your Price Picks in for football. You can do other sports as well. But all you have to do instead of trying to pick a lineup and using a budget and things like that, you just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more you win. And if you hit on six of them, you can win 25 times your money. Right now, they have a great promotion going on where for this game, the biggest game of the year, you can get Patrick Mahomes throwing for more than or less than half a passing yard. I think you'll hit that. That means you only need to hit one more, so you can go with Christian McCaffrey rushing for more or less than 90 and a half rushing yards, or George Kittle getting more or less than 50 and a half receiving yards, or you can go with both kickers combining for only half of a 48-plus yard field goal. I think that one's pretty doable, too. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL for that deposit match up to 100 bucks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. David, let's get into the rest of this Fan Mail Friday, and thank you to everyone who hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter or th- called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We always appreciate the everydayers out there. And I want to get into some really good questions that we still have here. This one first from John Clark. But I do want to tell you guys to make sure you're checking out the coolest thing going right now, which is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, Locked On Sports Today. Make sure you guys go subscribe there because they are covering every sport around the country every day, all day, 24-7, the only way that Locked On local experts can. So make sure you guys are going to subscribe to Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 national sports streaming channel. David, this is a good question here that we had a big debate about before the show from John Clark, who asked, is there a player currently on the roster who has never made a Pro Bowl who this coaching staff will coach up to bring to that level? And who's the best candidate to take a big leap forward next year with the new coaching staff? So let's start with the Pro Bowler, David. Is this staff going to get itself a first-time Pro Bowler with what's on the roster right now? Yeah, this one was a really tough part of the question, just trying to find out who would be that like prime candidate because – Looking at the Pro Bowl, like it's a popularity contest. So not not only do you have to put up stats, but you have to be able to get the people to vote for you. So sure, but you also have to be really good for the most part. Right, too, that's what right? I'm saying. You got to be a good player. Numbers. I mean, but you also have to be someone that the fans would like. So, Pro Bowl level. Let's say right. that. So with that being said, the the guy I see that could potentially you know reach that that uh, opportunity, reach that moment, is Tuli Tuipelotu. I mean, he's a guy who's already 
an established, really good edge rusher, like a really, really good edge defender. I mean, this guy is really, really good for only being in the NFL for one season. And I, I really can see a big sophomore leap for him. Uh, I, I see that as, as a big possibility. Obviously, one of the big edge, edge rushers are probably going to be leaving town more than likely for cap reasons. And so that's going to open up the chance for Chuli to get on the field from the beginning of the season and be able to go out there and put together a really, really good season. And with his personality, uh, I think he's a very likable, likable guy. So if he pairs the stats with the personality, I think he could definitely uh, make a Pro Bowl. I mean, I think it's not as much about popularity contests because it is players who vote on it too that make up a percentage of it. It's not all fan votes, right? Like it once was. It, it's about having the production and being on a good team, which is when it's going to get you noticed a lot of the That's time, true. right? I mean, and Thule, I think, is a player's player, plays the yeah. right way, plays tough, does all the things you want to see. But I think more importantly, I think, you know, you saw what he could be in Brandon Staley's defense. What could he be in Jesse Minter's defense? That's what you're hoping for, right? That he yeah. can take even another step under Jesse Minter, especially with the snaps that will be available to him with one of the big edge rushers, at least one of them leaving more than likely, right? And I think the other thing is he has the athleticism and the versatility to play in this upcoming defense where you might be asked to do different things as an outside linebacker than you did under Brandon Staley. So I think he has, I mean, already comes in with the floor of being an elite run defender. Stop. Yeah has shown plenty of pass rush ability to think that he has a Pro Bowl in him in his career and definitely that Jesse Minter could bring that out of him. So let's get to the next part of it here, which is which player could make a leap. This one is more, much more, you know, many more players you could go with for this one, David. Where did you go? Yeah, so w with this particular part of the question, uh, I looked at Deion Henley as the guy I feel like could make a leap. And I know you're probably saying to yourself, why Deion Henley? He barely saw the football field. You're right. He, he, he only played 53 snaps, but he racked up 10 tackles in those 53 snaps. He's a guy that's always around the football, and then he's going to have the opportunity to do so as well. You look at the Chargers linebacker room right now. Kenneth Murray is going to be gone. He's a free agent. And Eric Kendricks is very well, could possibly be a cap casualty. He's a guy that if you cut, the, the Chargers can save over $6 million against the cap. And we all know they are a lot of money over the cap. So they are going to have to make some hard decisions. So you, you mix that opportunity with also having a new regime that can look at him objectively. Uh, and, and we all know Brandon Staley had his favorites, right? There's no secret about that. I don't think Dayon Henley was one of those favorites, even though he was part of the team that drafted him. But uh, I do feel like, you know, the new regime coming, he'll be able to see that Dayon is a baller, say, see that he's always around the football and he'll be able to get on the field. And if he does, I feel like that talent and ability will definitely show out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to see it. And I think if you're talking about him getting the opportunity, I mean, both of the Ravens linebackers in that Mike McDonald now kind of Jesse Minter defense made the Pro Bowl this year, right? Yeah. So it's like they obviously showed out and put them in great opportunities to succeed. I think this thing, the problem is with this is it has the widest variety of possibilities. Like there's yeah. a chance that he's not even the starting linebacker, depending on how this new regime feels. Right. They have no connection to him. The only thing we're saying about Brandon Staley not liking him is because he didn't tell him happy birthday. That's where that's coming from. Him not being a Staley guy is because Brandon Staley didn't tell him happy birthday, right? After Brandon Staley was gone, Dayon Henley still didn't get on the field. Nick Neiman was starting, right? Even with Derek Ansley running the show and all of the incentive in the world to show as Tom, you know, show that that was a good pick. So 
I mean, it's hard to say. I love Deion Henley's game, but a lot of that's coming from pre-draft priors. He got on the field. He couldn't win a starting position last year. But I do think that he has a lot of the intangibles that would make him good in this defense as far as ability to go sideline to sideline. I think yeah. he has good reads in the running game and triggers quickly downhill. Like I like a lot of his game. But we just don't know what this new defense is going to look like and who they're going to favor and who they're going to bring in. Are they going to try to bring in some old Ravens linebackers or guys who know the system like that? There's such a wide range of outcomes. I would say, hey, Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer, two guys that could definitely make a leap this year, too, especially when you consider Greg Roman in 2012. Every single one of his offensive linemen made the the Pro Bowl that year. That's how much they improved. So I think in a new scheme, those guys could be a lot better. I think we've always known there's more meat on that bone as yeah. far as getting more from those guys. And hopefully with this new coaching staff, they can get it. But we do have a tier, so let's get to him real quick before we get out of here. Dan, David, my boys, I love you. This is a tier. I think there was two ways we can get Marvin Harrison Jr. First option, Chargers trade up to number three with the Patriots and draft him. Or Atlanta, Minnesota, Vegas, Denver, the Jets. They all need quarterback. How much are they willing to give up to move up to that number four spot and that will drop Marvin Harrison Jr. for us at the number five spot? I know I have been crazy, but I'm very optimistic with this regime. What do you think, my bros? Do you think it can happen or do you think there is no chance? Love you. Cannot wait till I hear you. Bolt up. David, 20 seconds or left. Go. Yeah, definitely not going to trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. I feel like the best uh, situation to get him is if somebody trades up with the Cardinals and gets the quarterback and then leaves the best player available after that available to the Chargers. I think the hard thing is, is who wants to trade up with the Cardinals to do it when they know the Chargers aren't going to take a quarterback. So they would have to get talked into getting into a bidding war, getting in front of a team that everyone knows doesn't need a quarterback. So that's why I think that part's hard to believe. You also could get taken by, you know, the Bears, unlikely, I'm, I think they're going Caleb Williams, could be taken by the Patriots. We know there's three quarterbacks, too. The next, the fourth guy is a lot more up in there. Maybe Jim Harbaugh did the work to get J.J. McCarthy considered as a top five pick, and that's our best hope, I think, as far as somebody needing a quarterback and going up to four to make sure nobody else gets him. I don't think it's hard. I, I wouldn't trade up for him because I, with the Chargers, they have too many holes. I don't think anyone's going to trade up to gift him, but obviously if he's there, you take him. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday because it is your team every day. And if there's any news that breaks, you know we will be here to cover it for you guys on Monday. But until then, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. Follow and subscribe for free on YouTube on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find us every day on our social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC where everyone asks the questions today. And you can also find me at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Again, thanks to anyone who called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. And sorry to any questions we couldn't get to. There was a ton of good ones today. But make sure you guys are back here on Monday with even more news and the latest going on in all things Chargers. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.